Dancers have a lot to balance. From their pirouettes to their jumps, a dancer's performance is a direct result of hard work and motivation. So where does food fit into this? There's a lot of myths and a ton of antiquated ideals about what a dancer's diet should look like. And I'm here to dispel those. I'm Rachel Fine, registered dietitian nutritionist and founder of To The Point Nutrition. I'm the dance nutritionist and I'm here to tell you that to be a successful dancer, you don't have to diet. Instead, I'll teach you how to use food as your best tool to enhance your performance. A nourishing meal plan not only fuels your dancing, but also enhances your strength, improves your balance, supports your flexibility, and most importantly, reduces your risk to injury. Hi everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Conversations with the Pros. I'm chatting with ballerina Nardia Boudou. Uh, let's give everybody some time to come in and then we'll get started. Hi everybody. Hello. Welcome to Conversations with the Pros. Here we go. I see Nardia has joined, so let's get her in. Hello. Hello. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. I'm very excited to chat with you. Yeah, me too. I'm so excited. <laughs> Where are you? You're based. You're in Washington, D.C., right? Yes, I'm in Washington, D.C. I dance at the Washington Ballet. Awesome. Yes, that, mm -hmm. that I know. I just wasn't sure if you guys were officially like back full time yet or um, post COVID. Um, so we were working in pods since um, March. Got it. And um, actually, this is our last week in the studios. We have our final um, performance, which is an outdoor venue this yeah. Saturday. <laughs> oh, wow. Very nice. It's amazing to probably get back in on stage. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. This will be our first live performance. Oh, well, it'll be our second live performance. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So Nardi. I just like dive into some of these questions and we'll yeah so first you know what introduce yourself to everybody who's watching so my name is Nardi Abudu I dance with the Washington Ballet I've been in the company for the past five years um yes five years previously I was with the Pennsylvania Ballet and then I was I started at the Washington Ballet but in the studio company Got it. And you did most of your training with Dance Theater of Harlem, correct? Um, I attended a few summer intensives, um, but I went to the Baltimore School for the Arts for high school. Oh, very nice. <laughs> so, Nardi, I'd love to hear about how you would describe your relationship with ballet and with dance in general um, from the days of your pre-professional training and how it's shifted to where you're at now in your professional career. Well, as a pre-professional, um, you, it's a lot of work, right? You have to have a regimented schedule. You come in, um, 
kind of not yet a company member, not really quite a student. You're in this in-between ambiguous phase, but yet you're definitely committed. Um, so when I was a trainee, I've been a trainee at both Joffrey and the Washington Ballet. And we would start at the same time as the company and sometimes take company class, but we would segue into our own classes in our own performances and rehearsal schedules. And sometimes you would be asked to join and if you were lucky to be a part of the core parts of like the big ballets that the company would do or like the Nutcracker, or if you do like a Gisela or Swan Link, you would be asked to um, fill in. Um, and so it was like balancing the, the ambiguous school and not yet company period of time. Um, and then I eventually matriculated into the studio company, me and one other girl from my trainee program. And pretty much we were doing corps de ballet of the company stuff. And then we would have showings and little tourings of um, our own repertoire, which was really cool. Um, mostly like community engagement style. Eventually you have to end, you know, you have to like audition and go into and the next level or the next phase, maybe not the company. For me, I was always very one track minded. I was determined to be in a ballet company. And um, my first offer was from the Pennsylvania Ballet under Angel Correa. I was there for a year and then the Washington Ballet um, got a new director and I decided to give that a try. I love DC. And so I then got a company contract and I have been here since. <laughs> ah, awesome. And you yes. know, through that time, was there <laughs> ever a specific time where you can pinpoint that you started to maybe think about the role of food uh, in your performance? Yeah. Well, growing up, um, there was a strong emphasis on eating clean and organically. Um, no one in my family really um, monitored the things that I ate. It was more so um, just healthy food. And so I was really fortunate for that. Um, I wasn't really focused or hyper-focused on my food intake. I was more so an intuitive eater. Um, oh. If I felt hungry, I would eat. Um, if I wasn't hungry, I wouldn't eat. It wasn't um, a situation where I felt like I needed to monitor, edit myself. Um, I wasn't like I wasn't raised to like eat unhealthily, but I also knew that there was a balance. Like if I like had pizza all week, which wasn't really something that I would do, I would go work out. Or, you know, I would go to a spin class or take Pilates. Um, so I guess I would say I have a balanced diet. And I, I knew that early on, if I were to sort of emulate things that I was seeing, that it would develop into something that I would regret later. Yeah. And I think a lot of dancers experience this idea, whether it's coming internally yeah externally, this idea of just policing their food choices. Um, so to have a more intuitive approach and not feel like the policing has to be there in order to be successful in the studio, I think is, is a huge plus. Yeah. And honestly, I wasn't really aware that that was a practice, right? Um, I learned about it from peers. You know, you would see like, oh, we're all having lunch and one particular person may not be having lunch. 
And then the questions would arise and then you kind of learn what's happening. And sometimes as a dancer, you go, well, does that mean I have to do that too? Like, is this the way that we all should be? <clears throat> but luckily I had a strong foundation in healthy eating that um, I didn't really internalize that behavior. Yeah. And uh, that's very lucky. I'm, I don't know if it's luck or if it's just maybe, you, you know, you, from learning just growing up, but to not internalize that because you're right. I think a lot of dancers can see their peers. We see this with summer intensives, you know, um, just being in that extreme competitive environment so often, I, I think my busiest time just as a dietitian is the end of August when all of these dancers come home from their summer intensive and they have just like picked up a ton of usually just unsustainable behaviors around food. Absolutely. Um, you know, much of dance culture is based off of habits. And, you know, if you see a dancer that is seemingly successful and your your teachers gravitate towards, you want to do what she's doing. And it's reinforced, whatever she's doing. And so um, that's, that's a real situation. It really is. Um, you know, we need to normalize, uh, you know, not like a health and taking care of ourselves and understanding that food is how we get our power. Food is what gives us the nutrients and the energy <laughs> to get through valleys. I mean, I'm not really a nice person if I'm not. So <laughs> that alone is like an indication. Absolutely. You know, um, <laughs> it's so true that the, the culture in general definitely fear mongers a lot around calories, the word calories, um, when in fact calories is literally just another word for energy. And, you know, coming from our food, you're right, food is our fuel. So I agree with you. I think that there needs to be a major push of just uh, promoting this idea that food shouldn't necessarily be something that dancers have to police or monitor or fear, but rather yeah. it can really very much aid in their performance. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think that there is an emphasis on strength these days. And, um, you know, the aesthetics have a lot to do with our outlooks. Um, I have encountered situations sometimes where I was out with friends or I would be like sitting on the floor and eating lunch and I'd be the only one eating. And there were some times where I'm like, Oh, well maybe I shouldn't eat at the ballet or the summer times that I was at because it's like making me feel uncomfortable. So I don't know. I feel like, um, maybe like it's trend, like, you know, it's just like following, you know, each other. However, yeah. some of my favorite ballerinas are so strong and so healthy and have very nice muscular strength and, you know, it's, and, and like, eat, <laughs> you know, and that's, 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 a, that's what I like. I like that. I like a person who, or a dancer who sort of embodies a ballerina in the sense that she's not just like living in breathing just for the stage she's also living and breathing for her health and the longevity of her career yeah absolutely and mm -hmm. one thing also that in my opinion falls to the waistline here is um when we do see dancers policing their food 
it really takes away from their mental clarity and from their mental performance. And I am, I am sure you can attest for the amount of mental focus you need for your artistry on stage. It's like, it's not even just about strength and endurance. It's also about you as an artist. Absolutely. I think people forget that you have to feed your brain as well as your muscles. Yeah. And um, your brain is a very important muscle. <laughs> Uh, lots of dancers, as we're, you know, saying, really do experience a ton of challenges along their journey, especially when it comes to body and food. Um, any, like, specific challenge you did experience, uh, may maybe whether it's, like, as a dancer of color or not, or whatever, um, that you experienced just through your training? Absolutely. I think there is, like, a stigma against dancers of color, specifically about our body shapes sizes, our ability to um, kind of sort of bulk up and the strong emphasis on this ultra lean, thin aesthetic. Um, and I sort of challenged that because naturally, I look the way I look, you know. Um, but I, I think it's just a myth. It's just an, a stereotype. Um, and I don't feel like there's anything there's no there, it doesn't take away to have more muscle it doesn't take away to be a different shape at all if anything it makes you more unique and also it's more natural you know um specifically with like a dan the dancers of color in the industry it's getting a lot better of course there needs to be a lot more work done and there sure. needs to be um more people at the front of the room of color of course yes. and an embracement an embracement of all and variety so these go hand in hand <laughs> yeah i was yeah. i was speaking with sydney washington the black swan diaries on one yeah and she brought up such a good point that honestly me being someone who's white like doesn't think about it doesn't initially come to me and she's so right is the idea that of just having more dancers of color who are not just like yes in the front of the room but also on the other side like the directors and the teachers and uh, you know the ones making the decisions um for these companies absolutely it does start with their administrative directors um specifically ballet masters uh, yeah. right um there are lots of ex-ballerinas with a wealth of experience that can contribute um yes dancers of color are being welcome um there are maybe there's maybe one or two directors in this country that are of that are black specifically one asian director and that's kind of not oh one latino director and that's it you know um i think the times are changing and there are major ballet companies that are up for new directorship and i'm hoping that they are inclusive and they choose people that reflect our our world or our country today absolutely and we also by the way see this and again i'm sure you can attest with this with just like body image weight stigma as well and just you know getting more diversity in that realm absolutely um when i think about some of my favorite movers i don't ever consider the size of their legs or their arms or anything like that. I think about what they're giving, how they're dancing, their relationship to the space and the music, um, their emotions, you know, something that'll move me. 
my my emphasis on artistry has nothing to do with the thinness of your body. In fact, it takes away. I don't want to worry. Like, you know, is this girl okay? That's there's nothing worse than like looking sick. Absolutely. And you know, <laughs> I love your point in the fact that um how a dancer transcends an audience yes is uh, always going to outpower um you know what their body shape or weight is yeah absolutely um you know i i'm so happy conversations like this are happening and that we're moving towards a more healthy culture within our um ballet world um, because it's important and it's just no longer it, you know, no, it's a different time. It's a different space. Everyone wants different things and health is important. So. <laughs> and on that note, actually, you know, in regards to, um, cultivating a healthier culture, a lot of do hyper-focus, you know what I mean? When it comes to like being a dancer and I think we experienced this most in those pre-professional years that you were talking about where you're kind of like you're not necessarily yet in the school you're not necessarily yet in the company and you're just trying to impress whoever you can right to see you and um yeah. what would you recommend or what do you do uh in order to find a bit more balance in your life so that it's not only about the stage oh you know Alvin Ailey has this famous quote about how his favorite dancers live a full and actualized life outside of the studio. Um, so when I was a trainee or a pre-professional, pre I wasn't yet in college. Um, I am in now, and that helps as a professional, but, but as a pre-professional, I got out in the city that I lived in. I, I mean, I was in Chicago, you know, I went to the museums, I hung out at the parks, I went to see other ballet companies that came through. I, you know, immersed myself in the art and culture of it all. Um, I took care of my body. I cultivated relationships with people and have long lasting relationships, friendships. You know, um, it's like yin and yang. You have to have both. Otherwise, um, if one's out of balance, it's not going to work out. And I'm so happy that I did that because now in my career, I understand that after a hard week, it's okay to go hang out with a friend, you know, sit around and like maybe listen to music. It's so much, it's very needed. It's therapeutic. Um, you know, you have to have like a very strong focus as a dancer. You have to walk in every single day, do everything that you need to do, progress from one step to the other. And that gets a little daunting. And it's only healthy to sometimes say, okay, not talking about ballet today. I mean, sometimes my friends, like, I have to be like, guys, okay, let's talk about something else. Recently, like, <laughs> a couple of my friends and I um, have taken up beating. Oh, I love <laughs> like, that. Yeah, we just, like, sit around and, like, make little necklaces with beads. And it's just so therapeutic and nice and lovely. And you're still with other people and doing something constructive it just like takes your mind away and, you know, forces your other parts of your brains to work. It's really nice. Um, and specifically me, I also do modeling, which is like nice to be a part of a different world and make connections with people from all over the world and do like lots of little projects. 
and then I'm in school and that's amazing too like using that other part of the scholarly part of my brain you know um because dance is a short career honestly it doesn't last forever and you have a short period of time to achieve what you need to achieve and then what happens next you know so if you define yourself only by what you do in the studio and only amount your self-worth to that, it's not going to last long. You're going to burn out. Oh, yes. I love that you use the word burnout because I think that's <laughs> so true. Um, another, another word that I love in just reminding me of everything you're saying is just bringing depth to our lives and not being so surface or just so one track minded. Yes. Oh yeah. I mean, my favorite, again, my favorite dancers are the ones that just let themselves go and let themselves be vulnerable. And how can you if you've never done that before? Um, and I'm not saying <laughs> to go and do something crazy. No. But mm. I'm just saying, like, you need to have experiences in life. You know, that's life. Um, and ballet is such a wonderful profession. And, you know, I feel so lucky to be a ballerina. Honestly, I do. And I've worked very hard for it. But at the same time, it can be like a vacuum where you're just doing the same things all the time and it's not natural either. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, talking about the pandemic a little bit, you know, the pandemic okay. definitely presented challenges for the dance industry. You know, we're not quite out of it yet, but um, definitely in a different place than we were six months ago, even a year, you know, a year ago. But I'm just curious, did anything for you come out of the pandemic, whether positive or negative? That's just like a new experience. Um, yes. At first, I like kind of thought that the pandemic was a punishment. Because you take, think about it like this, like, you take a dancer away from the stage or the studio. And what are you? Who are you? What can you do? And I was a little upset, but then I was like, you know what? I'm going to use this as an opportunity to better myself. So I bought a piece of Marley. I bought a little pink ballet bar from Amazon. And I was like, I'm going to work on this. I'm going to work on that. I took more school classes. I kind of started studying Pilates more, a constructive way to move my body and strengthen myself. And also maybe in the future, you know, become another avenue um, to transition. Um, I really used the time to explore other aspects of myself that weren't necessarily in line with ballet, but it also reignited the fire of how much I love ballet. It really did. It made me realize how much of my identity is wrapped around that and how much I need it in my life. Yeah, it's almost like that saying, it is a lot, but you need to take two steps back in order to take like three steps forward, right? Yeah. The pandemic um, really challenged a lot of dancers in that sense. So it's nice to hear you, uh, you know, come to terms with this idea that it really helped to just solidify how much you love this art form and what you want. Yeah. I'm, awesome. I'm, Yeah. <laughs> So any, like a fun little question, but any pre-performance rituals that you have or even post-performance rituals? Well, pre-performance, I definitely like to zone out. I share my dressing room with a few other of my um, colleagues and I'll stick my earbuds in and just turn up the music and I get into the role. I put my hair up, I put my headpiece on 
I do my makeup, like I just zone out. Then I like to do a little mini bar, um, side stage. We don't have access usually to a studio at the theater and also they're getting ready with the scenery. Um, and then right before we go on, after I put my costumes on, I like triple and quadruple check my, my ribbons, make sure they're tacked properly. I make sure I have rosin on my tights on the inside, you know, I like take a second to like remember everything and reassure myself that I know what I'm doing and it's going to be fine. And then just take a moment to be grat grateful, gratitude, absorb, take up space. And then I go on. <laughs> ah, love that. That's yeah. Fun. So then my final question for you, I ask this to everybody, but I would just love to hear how you would find what it is to be the healthy dancer. Sorry. Sorry. I didn't, you cut out for a second. Sorry. So my last question, this is, I ask this to everybody. I would love to hear how you would define what it means to be the healthy dancer. Mm, the healthy dancer definitely is someone who takes her craft seriously. She comes to the studio prepared, knows everything what she needs to do. She has a game plan. She takes care of her mind equally as much as her body. And she enjoys her career while she can. That's a healthy dancer to me. I love that. And it also <laughs> really brings in everything you spoke about. But one thing I just want to zone in on for everybody watch watching are the practices and the mindset that you have to prevent something like burnout from happening. Because I do think dancers can just be so vulnerable to perfectionism and burnout. And when you bring in these self-care practices, is and these mindset shifts like you're talking about Nardia it's just very inspiring and very helpful oh man I am just so glad that we're having a conversation like this it's I it's wonderful <laughs> yes of course well Nardia thank you so much for joining us tonight thank you for